Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. This might seem like a rather strange question to ask you on Christmas Eve, but do you have any phobias? I think of phobias as situations that we don't want to be in or things we don't want to deal with. And you're going to understand in a bit here just why I'm using this as a lead-in to a Christmas Eve sermon. And so just humor me for a bit as I delve a little bit into some phobias first here. I think of mild phobias as being situations that we just would rather avoid, whereas severe phobias would be situations that we're deathly afraid of. And I was kind of curious just what... The most common phobias are out there, and so I um, did some looking up, and and one source told me this, the top 10 phobias included, and I'm not going to pronounce them because I'd mess it up anyway, but um, fear of spiders, fear of snakes, fear of heights, fear of situations uh, in which it's difficult to escape, and under that a subheading would be uh, claustrophobia, for instance, Uh, fear of dogs, fear of thunder and lightning, fear of injections, that one hits a little close to home. I hate needles, but I'm not deathly afraid of them, I guess. Um, then number ten, I mean number eight, was uh, social phobias, uh, fear of various social situations. It might include fear of speaking in front of people, for instance, uh, various other social situations that make a person feel awkward, or for some people maybe even terrified, like having to sit in the front pew at church or something, you know. Uh, then there's fear of flying. And uh, number 10 was fear of germs or dirt. And, and uh, we tend to joke about people uh, being germaphobes. And maybe COVID-19 or 19 has probably turned people into germaphobes a bit more. Did I name any of your fears? Mild ones or severe? Well, it, it seems to me that, that the climate in our land has turned more and more fearful in recent years. And, and not just to some slight phobias, though, but but even becoming rather panicky at times instead. And I think the prevalence of media access for all of us with internet and smartphones and so on has left this rather stiff competition in the journalistic field, and they've found that hysteria attracts attention. It draws readers and viewers. And so in the last couple decades, there seems to have been one scare after another foisted upon us I look back in history, just curious about some dates with some of these, and, and found this. Uh, for instance, 1988, killer bees were moving north. 1996, uh, the news was that we're going to soon run out of oil. That was before the Bakken Oil Reserve was discovered. Um, 1999, there was the Y2K panic, right? Um, all of our computers are going to crash when we switch centuries. I guess they didn't. 2005 was the bird flu pandemic. 2009, nuclear power is going to give us all cancer. 2018, we were told climate change will make the world end in 12 years. 2019 had flesh-eating bacteria scare. 2020, probably will go down in history as the year of the biggest worldwide scare 
since the world wars. And I'm not intending to minimize this coronavirus in this sermon tonight or to say that it's on the same level as some of those phobias I listed or some of the scares of the past. But there is no doubt that COVID-19 has dominated the news this last year. And some have sought to use it to instill fear in people throughout our nation and even the world. And there are those that have been determined to have us either filled with fear of the disease or else fear of government authorities that think we're not taking it seriously enough. And never before in my life have I sensed so much fearfulness in people around me as I have this year. And as I pondered the Christmas story this season, there's been this one little phrase that stuck out to me in the Luke chapter 2 account that was already read tonight. And that's that statement of the angel to the shepherds, fear not. And it seems to me that we need to hear that message tonight and to understand how the rest of the angel's message dispels our fears. And it gives us great hope no matter what people around us are saying and no matter what scary situations might come our way. And so I invite you to look with me again at Luke chapter 2. I'm just going to read the three verses there, 9 through 11. And you don't need to stand here as I read. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And so the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, as we meditate on this message from the angels, Lord, apply it to our lives. Uh, if there are things that we have fears of, speak into our hearts that message from the angel that it may bring comfort to each of us, that each of us would know that you have come to dispel fears. Uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The situation for the shepherds that night was a bit unsettling, to say the least. Here they were. They were just out in the fields there, um, outside of Bethlehem, just binding their flocks, maybe peering into the darkness there, um, looking for the possibility of some predators that might come along and want to have one of their little lambs for supper. And suddenly, they were on high alert. Not, not because of a wolf or a lion, but something that they had never seen before. Suddenly, there was an angel before them, and the glory of the Lord God shone around them, brightly illumining the night sky. And what was their response? Well, the English translations differ a little bit here, but they're all descriptive, and I, I thought they were interesting. The King James English that I heard the Christmas story always as a little kid said they were sore afraid. ESV says they were filled with fear. NASB, they, they were terribly frightened. NIV, they were terrified. Are you getting the picture? Well, out of curiosity, I looked up the Norwegian and the Greek as well. I'm not going to share the Norwegian with, I don't think it'll help anybody here tonight. But, but the Greek was interesting because that, that root word uh, phobia comes from the words that are in there. And you might say that a, a literal rendering of what was in there is this. They phobiaed with megaphobia. They, they, they feared with a great fear. That's what it's saying. Contemporary language, maybe we'd say they were scared to death. 
So why was it that the shepherds were filled with fear that night? And I guess you could say that they weren't used to seeing supernatural beings any more than we were. If an angel came and stood right before us tonight, our reaction might not just be, hey, that's kind of cool, but no, it'd be, whoa, and we might be fearful ourselves. Well, not only did they see an angel, but the night sky lit up with light and glory that was beyond description. A a sense of the presence of the all-powerful God filled the atmosphere around them. And you know, fear is a natural response to the unknown and to situations that are out of our control. It's a natural response when encountering something that's way more powerful than, than we are, and especially if we don't know its intentions. And, and as we come to grips with the power then and the majesty and the holiness of Almighty God, it should leave us all shaking in our boots, wondering what he might do to us. Because you see, the scriptures tell us that all things are open and laid bare before him with whom we have to do. All of our sins against him and others, sins in thought and word and deed, are known by him. Not just the things that other people know about, but everything that we've ever even done or even thought. It's all out there for him to see. And we know then that he would be justified in even just striking us down. And that's why the psalmist in Psalm 143, for instance, prays this. He says, O Lord, do not enter into judgment with your servant, for in your sight no man living is righteous. So here the shepherds were. They were seeing this heavenly being and a glimpse of the glory and the awesomeness of Almighty God right there in the middle of the night out there in the hills near Bethlehem. And they were filled with fear. And what did the angel tell them? He said, fear not. Or more literally, do not keep fearing. Cease this fearing that you're doing. Christmas carol that we sang earlier here tonight said, Fear not, said he, for mighty dread had seized their troubled mind. Glad tidings of great joy I bring to you and all mankind. That's the message that I believe that God has for us today. Whatever it is that's causing fear in your life today, do not keep fearing fearing. This verse here in Luke 2 isn't the only time that God's word says something like that either. In the King James Version, there's 103 times that it says either fear not or do not be afraid. And I understand that somebody even wrote a daily devotional with that theme in mind, um, with a year's worth of devotions to read, so 365 verses that remind us not to fear or worry or be anxious. Sounds like a devotional that maybe some of us could have benefited from in this last year. But you know, for most of us, it doesn't work for us simply to be told, well, quick, keep, or I should say, uh, stop fearing. We need to know some reasons that we don't need to fear. And and the shepherds, as they encountered the angel and they saw the glory of the all-powerful God around them, they needed to understand some reasons to not fear that night as well. And so the angel told them some reasons, and we see that in the verse right following then. And the angel's reasons to fear not apply to us as well. First of all, fear not, he said, because I bring you good news. You know, there's nothing quite like good news to dispel fear. And it's always been so. We hear dire predictions of catastrophes around the corner, and we prepare ourselves for the worst. And then we hear some good news, and that situation just melts our fears away. 
The newspapers and the networks have gotten so off balance this last year, forgetting to focus on any good news. And we end up hunkered down in fear. But all is not dismal around us, because God is still on the throne. And he wants us to know some good news tonight. And that good news is connected to the same good news that came to the shepherds that night. What did the angel say? I announce to you glad tidings. Or actually, it's I evangelize you. I bring good news to you. At least ten times in the Gospel of Luke, Luke uses that same word, translated in the English, good news, referring to the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And the good news for the shepherds and the good news for you and I is still connected to Jesus. The angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. It's news of great joy. Really good news. News that dispels your fears. It brings joy into your heart instead. It, you know, it's hard to be joyful and to be anxious and fearful at the same time. And only God can take away our fears and replace it with joy. And that's what the angel message brought to the shepherds, and it brings to us as well good news of great joy that comes from God. And the reason this news is such great joy is that it deals with, really, the biggest problem we have in our life. And that's the problem of our own sin and guilt before Almighty God. And it completely removes that burden from us. This good news makes it possible for the sins of people to be completely wiped off the record to be fully pardoned. You know, presidents uh, traditionally grant some pardons to individually, uh, individuals that have maybe rightly or wrongly gotten in trouble with the law during their four years in uh, office. And, and uh, regardless of what we think of that practice, it, it certainly is quite a relief for those that are granted the pardons. They're released from incarceration and, and they get to start afresh. And the good news of great joy that the angel brought to the shepherds is, and to us today as well then is that there's a pardon available for us. He said here, I fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy for who? It's for all people. The message was for the shepherds, but it wasn't just for them to keep to themselves. They, they were to be the bearers of good news to others. And, and that is still God's intention. That whoever receives this news doesn't keep it to themselves. It's too good to sit on. It's intended for anyone who will listen and who will receive it. What was that good news of great joy that the shepherds were not to keep to themselves? Well, it was wrapped up really in a specific person, an infant child that would be born. And the angel brought that news saying, Unto you is born a baby then. That was the word it was there for the shepherds. It was for them personally. Unto you is born a baby. And they likely weren't used to receiving birth announcements out there um, on, the, on the hills in Bethlehem, and certainly not in the way that they received it. But the reason that they were told to stop being afraid in the presence of an angel from heaven was that there was a baby that was born for them. This was good news of great joy for them, and it is for us as well because a baby has been born for you and for me. It happened long ago now, but for the shepherds that night, that message was immediate, and the birth had just happened that very day. And so the angel said, this day, the day that had been anticipated for centuries, it was now unfolding right before the shepherds' eyes. The fullness of time had come to pass, and God sent 
that very night, a Savior. Now, a Savior is somebody that rescues others from something they can't rescue themselves from. And that's what Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to earth to do. To rescue us from our sins and its consequences. Eternal judgment from a holy and just God. And there was nothing that we ourselves could have done to change our standing with God. Our sins condemned us. We couldn't change our record. It was there. But God had a plan to send a Savior to rescue us. And he promised that Savior hundreds of years before that night that the angel brought the good news to the shepherds. The angel that night spelled out just who that Savior was that was born that night. He said, he is Christ the Lord. Now Christ, that, that means the promised one, the promised Messiah or Savior. This baby that was born that night would become that one that Moses had talked about when he said there's a prophet like me coming back there in Deuteronomy. The Savior of all the that all the Old Testament prophets had spoken about that was going to come through the line of King David and all the kings of Judah. The one that would be born in Bethlehem that the prophet Micah had predicted. The one that the Spirit of the Lord would rest upon like Isaiah had declared and who would then release captives and give sight to the blind. The one who would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey like Zechariah had predicted the one who would be the suffering servant that would die for sinners, like Isaiah foretold. The one who would be laid in the tomb, but not undergo decay, because he would rise from the dead, like David had talked of. That's the one that the angel declared to the shepherds had been born that night in Bethlehem. A Savior, the promised Messiah. And on the one hand, a simple human baby was born that night. But he was no ordinary baby. This was the Son of God in human flesh that makes him then also Lord, Lord of heaven and earth. And that's who came to earth to be our Savior that night. Emmanuel, God with us. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by. Yet in the dark street shineth the everlasting light. What's the next line? The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Our world's full of fears. Down through the ages, there have been so many human fears. But the hymn writer says the hopes and fears of all those years are met in that Christ child born in the manger over 2,000 years ago. You see, in him we can find relief from what ought to be our greatest fear, that facing our own death and then judgment day before Almighty God. Because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who came to this earth to be our Savior, said in John chapter 5, he said, Truly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death and into life. And you know, if we know that our sins are covered, then, then fear of death and judgment is taken away. And then many of our others' fears seem a whole lot less fearful because we know things are right with God and that he loves us and that he has promised to walk with us through whatever challenges and trials this life brings. And so I wish you all a blessed Christmas tonight. I pray that each of you know that joy and that peace that only Jesus can bring into your heart and know your sins are forgiven and eternal life is yours 
as we trust in a Savior who was born for us, Jesus Christ the Lord. The Advent hymn writer sums it up in a personal prayer like this. Come thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free, from our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Let's pray. Well, Lord God, you know each one of us and you know our hearts and you know the things that have occupied our minds and our lives these last days, Lord. And you know how fear creeps in as we see things around us that are out of our control. But we thank you, Lord, that we don't need to fear. And we thank you for the message that the angel brought to the shepherds. Fear not. Fear not even the all-powerful God because he loves them and he sent a Savior for them and for us. That we could know forgiveness of our sin and eternal life, a restored relationship with our Creator here and now, and eternal life and glory with him as well. Lord, we thank you for that. And Lord, you know the other things that occupy our minds and fill us with fears at times. But help us, Lord, to daily look to you and to see those verses of Scripture that tell us, fear not, and to trust in you and not be anxious, but to know that our lives are in your hands. And Lord, we pray that that message would spread from here. Lord, that we would not be ones living in fear, but that we would instead be pointing to the hope that we have in you, Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen.